Good morning, everybody. This is week 13 of Rising Up as Sons of God. And last week, I spoke to you about knowing the times that we're living in. And I said to you that we were in the very end of the end times. We've been there for 120 years. And it's called the season of the Laodicea Church. I spoke to you about the incredible, glorious outpouring that God has been pouring out of His Spirit since the turn of the century. And it has just never ended. There has been such a presence of God and His Spirit on this world for the last 120 years. It's just been the most amazing time. But I did say to you that Malachi said it would be a great and dreadful day. Joel said it would be a great and dreadful day. And Peter said it would be a great and glorious day. The difference is, friends, for those who don't know him, it's going to be a dreadful time. But for those who do know him, it's going to be a glorious time as we cling to him. And this is a time to cling to Jesus, friends, like never before. He said to the church of Sardis, I'm going to come to you like a thief in the night because you've got my word, but you haven't got my spirit. He said to the Philadelphia church, you will not go through the final hour because I'm returning soon. And he said to the Laodicea church, the lukewarm church, I stand at the door and knock. Friends, he is standing at the door knocking. The enemy cannot create. He can only counterfeit. He can only steal. And so with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the predicted Holy Spirit that was going to pour out in the 1900s, incredible people were born at the end of the 1800s. People that were born with the most incredible callings on their life and the most incredible anointing. And some of those people were deceived by the enemy and he used their lives for the demonic outpouring that he wanted to do as the portal was open for the outpouring of the Spirit. He always uses an open portal. He poured out his spirit. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about that because it's that fact that makes it a dreadful day for those who don't understand the things of God. At the end of the 1800s, there were people that were born that were incredibly used for evil. Now we know that God doesn't create any evil people, but there are people who give their lives to the enemy and they then become people used of evil. They chose to be used of evil, just like Pharaoh chose to be used of evil and he hardened his heart against Moses. There were many people born that ushered in great evil. And I just want to talk about three today. And the first one is Alice Bailey. She was born in 1818 and she lived until 1945. And she was known as the prophet to the new age. She was a psychic. She heard from masters and she taught and wrote what the masters gave her to write. And she wrote the great invocation, which is the prayer that the new ages used to usher in their Christ, their Maitreya. She also wrote the 10-point plan, which is the plan used by the United Nations and every nation relating to them today that is unfolding in our time and that we have to understand is actively being pursued to establish what she predicted needed to be established. She wrote that the world had to be prepared for the return of the Christ. Now, Many false prophets and false messiahs would rise up, Jesus said. And the Christ that she's preparing the world for is not our Lord Jesus Christ. Firstly, to develop people's sensitivity to good and evil. You know, the word of God says God is good and in him there's no evil at all. And that we are to distinguish the difference between the two and not be, not be aware of embracing both. The revival of the ancient teachings of Buddha 
to infiltrate the Western world. The Christ will rise and the superstructure of the brotherhood of man is to be established, the establishing of human rights. Work must be done in healing and curing mental and astral diseases and demonstrate to the world that the ancient power to heal still lies in the hands of those who follow the Christ, not Jesus Christ, the Antichrist. Preparation must be given to develop their higher psyche powers and training for these powers given to the sciences of the world, to hospitals and to schools, will appear under the direct guidance of the demonic masters. They will train the minds of pupils to be responsive to the direct inspiration from above. Church members and members of the Masonic fraternities must familiarize themselves with the nature of the mysteries. These mysteries must be restored to the general public through the medium of the church and the Masonic fraternal. Everything was to prepare the world to receive the Antichrist spiritually, physically and emotionally. Um, there was going to be a great outpouring of the Christ-like consciousness upon the masses in every nation. Well, she prophesied this in um, 1945. She died in 1949. In 1960, the world moved into an era that the New Ages, which is the counterfeit end-time church, friends, the New Age church, the world moved into an era that the, that the, the New Ages called the age of Aquarius, the age of the waters, the age of all absolutes being taken away and the whole world being swept away under the power of the water bearer and the demonic waters. Now, it's very interesting for me that in Isaiah 59, it says, Isaiah 59 verse 19b, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, future tense, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. Now we know that in scripture, scripture always applies to now, but there's always a tunnel of viewing something that could happen later. That's why things that were written to the Israelites 2,000 years ago still have power today because we can receive them today as if they were written today, even though they were written so many years ago. And this says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, future tense flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. The Redeemer will come to Zion, and those who turn from their transgressions in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My Spirit is upon them, and my words which I have put in their mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouths of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time forever. Now, his Spirit was only poured out. When after Jesus came, so he's talking about a time after Jesus came when the Spirit of God was poured out. And it was a time of the outpouring of demonic waters. We've seen the outpouring of the Holy Spirit's waters and they've been operating for 120 years, friends. And it's going to get stronger because he said the greater glory is still to come. And he said that the wine, the best wine was left for lost. But we also see the evidence in the word of God about demonic waters being poured out. Straight after that, it goes on in Isaiah 60 and it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, a darkness shall cover the earth, a deep darkness the people, but the Lord will rise over you, and his glory shall be seen upon you, and all nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your glory. He says, When you see the outpouring of the demonic waters, when you see this happening, I'm going to raise a standard. That standard is going to be my choice. 
children that arise like a light and they shine. See, there's a darkness over the earth, a deep darkness over the people. And friends, God has given us the Holy Spirit gift of discernment to be able to say, if you constantly use it, you will discern good from evil. So there is great evil, friends, but we are to be those that usher in light and that shine and that carry the full glory of God, the glory carriers in this time and in this season. For our light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us and people will be drawn to the glory. He says in the end times that the that the, the house of the Lord will be the highest mountain raised up. And friends, that is because those that are full of his light will shine brightly wherever they are. In Revelations 12, it says, then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and to sweep her away with the torrent. The woman is the church. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obeyed God's commandments and held on to his testimony. Friends, we are living in a time where there has been a great outpouring of demonic waters and the enemy is directly against the church. You have to understand this. The enemy is not against the world. He owns the world. He's against the church. He has to destroy the church. He has to break down the church so that he can have full control of the world. And that is his aim. Now, Alice Bailey's 12 point, 10 point plan. And I'm just going to summarize it for you. The purpose of her plan is to change Christian traditions and to redeem the nations of the, of the Judeo-Christian traditions and cultures. That is the plan. The Bible says that the enemy will spew out water against the woman and her offspring. Number one, her plan, number one, embraced by the UN and every country related to it. Number one, take God and prayer out of the education system. Well, we see they've successfully done that already. Number two, reduce parental authority over the children. Number three, destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure. How do they do that? By promoting sexual promiscuity and then use advertising industries, media, TV, magazines, film industry to promote sexual enjoyment as the highest pleasure in humanity. Number four, if sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. Number five, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. Number six, make homosexuality an alternate lifestyle. That started in 1980, friends, when they started fighting for homosexual rights to the full degree. 1980, that's when that was put into implementation. Number seven, debase art, make it run mad. Number eight, use media to promote and to change mindsets. Number nine, create an interfaith movement. And we see that is happening. The Pope is absolutely pushing for that. And number 10, get governments to make all these laws and get the church to endorse them. Friends, I want you to see that there is a very definite plan behind everything that we're living in today and everything that we're fighting today. There is a very 
definite plan for the rushing waters that started at the end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s, with the age of Aquarius, that started with things like Woodstock, that started with all the drugs that was used in that season, that was released onto the earth in that season, with the, with the music that was so heavily demonic that was released onto the world, and with the UN embracing a plan to usher in the fullness of the kingdom of darkness on earth. Remember Babel was one nation, one heart, one mind, one spirit, worshipping Satan. That was paganism at its peak. It was debauchery. It was the most horrendous things were happening there. Human sacrifice, child sexuality. It was just horrendous orgies. It was perversion at its deepest level. And God looked down on this and he said that while man was united, it would be terrible. And he had to separate them. And God separated that one world order. And he brought in different languages, different cultures, different nations, and he separated them. And from that day till now, friends, the enemy has been trying to get that back. He's been trying to bring one world order back into the world. One God, one religion, one money system, one government, one Christ, and he's been trying to bring that back and to control people and to get the whole world to worship him. That's what he's been trying to do, friends. And slowly but surely, he's been trying to do it. We are in the last age. He knows that there's a war going on. He knows that his time is short. He knows that he's about to be thrown into eternal hell. He knows that there's nothing beyond this. And he has to get the world to worship him in this final hour so that he can have his hour of glory because before he has his eternity of damnation in hell. And friends, he's working very, very hard to achieve that. And there have been these evil people that have put things into place. The next one I want to talk to you about very, very quickly is Aleister Crawley. Aleister Crawley was a very evil man. He died in 1947. He was a Satanist. He called himself the Beast. He was into things like tantric and magic sex. He was a bisexual person who did not care about age or anything else when it came to sexuality. And his greatest influence was upon music. And every single musician that was influenced by him, somewhere along the line, showed his picture as being in covenant with him. And we see the Beatles, we see Elvis, we see the Rolling Stones, we see Madonna, we see Michael Jackson, we see Queen being just a few that were seduced under his control. He taught do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. In other words, live like you want to. There's no restraint. And it was his influence that influenced um, the, the, the writings later on of the Satanic Bible. We have to know a very evil man that influenced the whole of the music and the birthing of that and the breaking open of that started with the age of Aquarius when all this demonic waters was poured out over the world and we see musicians innocent nice musicians suddenly becoming heavy and dark as their music was influenced and controlled by this man because he promised them power if you will do what i initiate you into you will have power and they all became famous because of that initiation and so we see the evil of what he ushered in we see the evil of what the prophet um alice bailey ushered in false prophets false prophets friends and her prophecies are still being used today and mightily and very powerfully and very forcefully being used today by the governments attached to the UN including our government. The next person that's just relevant for me to mention today was a Hindu Swami, I hope I can say his na name right, Vavakananda 
And this was a man that on the 11th of September, 1893, interesting date, was invited to go and speak to the World's Parliament of Religions in America and to tell them about Hinduism. He introduced them to the Vedanta and to yoga and to everything that's related to Hinduism, Hindu beliefs, Hindu energies, Hindu chakra points and the meridians and the worship of the vital force, God force and the Brahman. And from that, the energy healings were embraced by the church. Friends, energies are spirits, but they're not the Holy Spirit and they're not the Spirit of God. And by embracing that, the church became lukewarm, confused and compromising. Now, I want to talk to you just about some of the prophetic words that God spoke about this time, referring to warnings. It says in Isaiah 2, in, and I'm reading from verse 2 to 6, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. I read to you about a rise and shine, because your light will draw the nations. And then he goes on to say in verse 6, You have abandoned your people, the house of Jacob. They are full of superstitions from the east. They practice divinations like the Philistines, and they clasp hands with pagans. Their land is full of silver and gold. There's no end to their treasure. Their land is full of horses. There's no end to their chariots. Their land is full of idols. They bow down to the work of their hands, to what their hands have made. Another thing that indicates so strongly about the season we're in is that we are in a fatherless season. The Bible says in Malachi 4 verse 5 to 6, See, I will send you this prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the, strike the land with a curse. You see, friends, God says before he comes back, the spirit of Elijah is going to come back, and it's going to be the spirit that's going to turn the hearts of the children back to their fathers. He's going to restore respect. He's going to restore honor. He's going to restore people to go back. Back to hear and to learn from their fathers, spiritual fathers, physical fathers. He's going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children. Fathers who don't care today. There are so many illegitimate children and there are so many aborted children every day because fathers don't care about the seed that they have consummated. And he says, I'm going to turn that back. And he said, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to curse the land. Friends, if it doesn't happen, God said he's going to allow the land to come under a curse. But he says that this will happen. The spirit of Elijah is an Elijah type spirit that God is bringing upon the earth. I will talk about that in a few minutes time but I just want to read a little bit more. It says in Isaiah 3 verse 12, youths oppress my people, women rule over them. Oh my people your guides will lead you astray they turn you from the path God is talking about the movements of the youth movements rising up disrespectfully and taking control. Young people that have no understanding of respecting their elders listening to the wisdom of their elders and taking over, rising up and taking control. He's talking about women's liberation where women will rise up and rule and that word rule means dominate and it is a liberation of women that no longer respect or honor any form of understanding of family, of the headship of family and of the way God's principles and God's order works. And he's and this is not women who operate in their gifting, who happen to have strong anointings. This is women who rise up demonically to control. 
And God said that is part of the evidence of the last days. In 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 1 to 3, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecies, reports or letters supposing to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. The apostasy comes first, that is unless the predicted great falling away of those who profess to be Christians has come, and the man of lawlessness, the man of sin is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. Matthew twenty four twelve to 13 says, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. You see, my friends, Jesus prophesied that there would be a time that would be post-church. People that once loved him, people that once cared about him, people that once made him important, made them first in their life, will slowly but surely lose interest and fall away. Why? Because they didn't have a revelation of Jesus. They weren't in love with Jesus. They had a revelation of church. They were in love with church and they were in love with religion, but they weren't in love with Jesus. It says in 2 Peter 3 verse 3, First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is the coming he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes as it has since the beginning of creation. How many people have said, oh, we've been this way before, it's all happened before. No, friends, you don't know the signs of the times, and you don't know, and you can't see what God is doing and what the enemy is doing at this time. It says in 1 Timothy 4 verse 1, the Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits, things taught by demons. Such teachings must come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Friends, we've seen the teachings of those that are completely led by masters and by demons that have flooded and poured out in the world and the world has embraced them and they've taken a hold of them and they are applying them because they want the promise that was promised by deceiving spirits and demons. 2 Timothy 4 verse 3 says, a time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them great number of teachers to say what their itchy ears want to hear. You see, friends, people don't want the truth today. They don't want a message like I'm teaching you right now. They don't want to hear the truth that the world that we're living in has been flooded by demonic waters, that God is separating us, that the time of being ushered into the fullness of light is here. If we are not living in the light, friends, we're living in the dark. You cannot have a foot in both worlds. And people are listening to messages that tell them what their itchy ears want to hear. They want to believe that sexual immorality is okay. They want to believe they can live like they want to and they can please their flesh like they want to. And it's okay. It's not okay, friends. It's not okay. Because if you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, Jesus himself said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Don't think because you once accepted him that your security is eternal. No, it's not, friends. It's not an accepting of him that makes your life secure. It's walking in his light. It's knowing him and it's being filled with his glory that makes you a child of light. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 1 to 7, it says, There will be terrible times in the last days. 
People will be lovers of themselves. I've never seen so many photos of myself ever being taken. Everywhere you go, people are taking selfies, 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 selfies all over the place. You can look at most people's profile and it'll be hundreds of pictures of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. That means not caring, not having affection, not having the affection that cares about people, that hugs people, that loves them. But people are sexually driven and they're not affectionately driven. Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sin and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. You see, friends, we are living in a time of deep darkness. We're living in a time that's incredibly dark. There's been the outpouring of the demonic waters. Alice Bailey and her New Age teachings has been fully embraced. Um, Alistair Crawley and his ways of seducing the music, the modern music, and drawing it deeper and deeper into witchcraft and darkness has been fully embraced. And the turn of the century, they also started introducing drugs that affected the mind, hallucinogenic drugs, things that controlled the mind. And this too was started off being used as a war weapon, then became released into society in the same time, in the end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s, with the, with the establishing of LSD, which caused hallucinations and people lost control. And this was the beginning of the drug abuse movement that we see in the world today. The criminal drug use, but also the drug use that has been pushed by pharmaceutical companies. And we have to understand, friends, that anything that alters your emotions and your mind is a drug that controls you and you are no longer sensitive to the voice of God and to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Jesus warns us about this in Revelation 21 verse 8. But the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable, the murderer, the whoremonger and the sorcerer and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. In Revelation 22 Verse 14 to 15, it says, Blessed are those that have washed their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, which means whoremongers, pornos, male prostitute, fornicators, and murderers and idolaters, and everyone who loves falsehood. My friends, the word sorcerer in that passage of Scripture, Revelations 21 and Revelations 28, 22 means pharmacos or pharmacaos and it means a drug, a spell giving portion, a pharmacist, a poisoner or somebody that uses it magically. Friends, only twice in the Bible does it mention anything to do with pharmacy or pharmacist or pharmacos and both times is when it's talking about those that cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. We have to understand there's been a very evil ploy and we have to understand we've got to separate ourselves we have to become the light of Isaiah 60. We have to arise and shine. That says wake up and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. 
Great and dreadful day for those who don't know him. Great and glorious day for those who do. So what is our role in this time, friends? Well, number one, the Bible very clearly says, do not neglect the gathering of believers. Hebrews 10 verse 24 to 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. We have to establish the, the house of the Lord. Isaiah 2 and Micah 4 both start by saying, In the last days, the house of the Lord, the mountain of the Lord, will be the highest one. And church, the way we know it isn't going to continue looking the same, friends. Don't expect it to be the same. When I was in China in 2018, God said to me that the Chinese underground church is going to be the forerunner church. Church is going to be about small groups getting together, encouraging each other. Wherever you are, that's church. Encourage each other, pray for each other, release the glory of God, release the fullness of God. Every single person becoming a priest and a king. A priest means someone who knows how to serve God with all their heart, their mind and their strength and knows how to serve each other and a king is somebody that knows how to walk in authority and everything about this course has been to help you to rise up in the fullness of being a priest and a king and to be who God's called you to be in this day the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4 verse 7 that we train ourselves to be godly my friend your responsibility to grow and to mature and to grow up in the things of God is your responsibility you're the one that's got to take that fully into your hand and to hunger and to thirst after righteousness that you may be filled the Bible says in Matthew 6 verse 33 seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you as we just seek God first friends we will grow in maturity we will grow in the word we will grow in the spirit we've got our hunger and thirst after righteousness our maturity to grow in the things of God is our responsibility we have the privilege of having people to help us you've got the privilege of having people like me gifted to teach to help you but it is your responsibility to hunger and to thirst after righteousness we have to become worshipers friends it says in John 4 that God is looking for worshipers that will worship him in spirit and truth true worshipers you see worship changes atmospheres friends that stops depression it stops fear it stops anxiety worship also changes frequencies and when people start messing with the frequencies around us so that they can mess with our heads worship friends is what's going to change the frequencies we are all called to evangelize where do you evangelize wherever you are Wherever you are, wherever you are, he is. You are full of the Holy Spirit. And it's got nothing to do with your insecurities. And it's got nothing to do with what you look like. And it's got nothing to do with your outside appearance, friends. It's got everything to do with the wine that you carry. And the more wine that you carry, the more wine that you have to pour out. Because Jesus cannot come back until his bride is ready. And most of his bride is still waiting in the valley of decision-making, friends. You see, he said in the last days there will be a great apostasy, a greater falling away. The love of most will grow cold. But he also said there was going to be a great revival of a harvest coming in. And friends, the greatest revival and the greatest amount of people to ever get saved is still about to happen. There's a great revival of salvation that is about to happen before Jesus can come back because most of his bride is still in the world. And he's waiting for her to be reached and he said he would send out angels into the harvest field and friends the angels have been released the angels have been sent people have started seeing angels they've been experiencing angels angelic visitations 
They have been released to bring in the harvest. Friends, the end of time is very near and we are responsible to reach the lost, to take the Father's love and mercy and grace to a lost and dying world. We are responsible for the evangelism of every single person around us. It says in Acts 17 verse 26 that God knows the exact times and places that we are to live so that some may get to know him. Who they're going to get to know him through, friends? Through you. Through you taking the fullness of his glory into a dying world. But to do that, you have to be a light. You've got to buy that gold that he spoke about. You've got to buy those robes of righteousness that he spoke about. And you've got to pray for salt to open your eyes to see the urgency of the hour. We've got to start living supernatural lives. You know what was so special or different about Elijah? Elijah was able to bring down the fire of God before 400 Babel Baal worshippers. And I want to tell you this, friends, that those that carry the glory are not intimidated and they're not fearful because they can take the glory of God wherever they go. They can take the fire. But how do you receive the fire? You see, by the laying on of hands, they can pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But you receive the fire by waiting. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Spirit comes on you. It's waiting and hungering and saying, God, I want your fire. It is buying, paying the cost to get it. And God wants every one of us to pay the cost that we can be glory carriers who walk in the fire and usher in the fire. And that's what Elijah had. The next thing, friends, is that he did not address Jezebel. It is not our job to address Jezebel. It's our job to reach the people. The next thing is that he was fed supernaturally. The ravens fed him and the water was given to him from the brook. He was fed supernaturally in a time that we're living in, friends, and we are the people. We are the end time that's going to live through the mark of the beast. And friends, I want to tell you it's coming. I cannot tell you when, but it is coming because the Bible says that a time will come that we will be expected to wear a mark that we cannot buy and we cannot sell unless we wear a mark. But it will be the mark of worshipping the beast and it will be the mark of the beast. And God warns us, do not take it. Revelations 13 verse 16 to 17. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Revelations 14, 9 to 12. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worships the beast and his image and receives his mark in his forehead, or his hand, the same shall drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever takes the mark receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. He said to the season, to the church, that we're going into the season of death, Smyrna, he said, be faithful even unto death. Friends, we have to be faithful no matter what the enemy expects and you cannot receive that mark or it will you will end up being in the fullness of the tormenting hell for eternity. The Bible has warned us. The Lord God, Jesus himself spoke in revelations and we are living in the time when that is coming and we better know 
that is coming. How will we be able to live free of that? By being under the anointing of the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, which will be like the Spirit of Elijah, who was fed supernaturally, who was provided for supernaturally, who operated in signs, wonders, and miracles. And Elijah was the prophet that never died, friends. And the people that live through that time and are confronted with that time, they will be the people that will not have to die because they will be the ones that see the second coming of Christ and they will be risen up with him into glory. But friends, before that happens, he said it would have to be cut short so that some could be saved. Friends, there's going to be some walking through tribulation and we better be ready and we better be prepared and we better prepare our children that the times ahead could be very, very difficult, but they cannot be shaken and they cannot lose sight. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Fix your mind of Christ. We have to learn to be living in supernatural lives, expecting the supernatural, expecting the fire, expecting supernatural provision, expecting the miracles, expecting to see the fullness of what God has promised. He said before he comes back, the sons of God would raise, be raised up and they would be people that did even greater things than he, friends, even greater things than he. We cannot be shaken. I want to encourage you, study Matthew 7. We cannot be shaken. We need to be like those people built on the rock of Jesus Christ that could not be shaken. Matthew 24 talks about the 10 virgins. They were all there at midnight, the darkest hour of the night. We are living in the darkest hour, friends. They had their lamps, which means that they were believers. But friends, there were five of them that did not have oil. They ran out of oil and they fell asleep. The other five also fell asleep. That's why he says, arise and shine, wake up. But they had oil and they had enough oil to keep burning until the bridegroom came and they were not left behind. Friends, the word is full of passages of scripture telling us that not everybody who thinks that they will be ready for God is going to be ready. Matthew 7 says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I will say, I did not know you. Because to know him means to have intimate relationship with him. Friends, we have to be people that are worshippers that are training ourselves to be godly, that are worshippers in our own time until we shift atmospheres, that know how to have incredible intimacy with Jesus Christ, that know how to come into his presence, that are not living compromised lives, that are not living with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. The Bible says in Matthew 7, enter into the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad the way that leads to destruction, but narrow the gate and narrow the way that leads into life and few find it. We've got to seek after God, friends. The Bible says in Galatians 5, And they that are Christ's have crucified their flesh with, the, from, with affections and lust. If you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Titus 2 verse 11 says, Grace teaches us to say no to all ungodliness. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. My friends, we have to be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves in the time ahead. Matthew 10 verse 16 to 17 says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils. Serpents means to be cunning and wise and have a sharp vision. 
Um, harmless means to be unmixed, to be pure, without evil and innocent. We are living in a time, friends, where there are false prophets, wolves. The word wolf means white or light. Those that masquerade as angels of light, but actually they are demons in our midst. And it says that the enemy will try and deliver us into the hands of of Satan and we have to understand that it says in, in Matthew 24 that many will will betray many we have to understand that but friends this is a time to be so secure in Jesus so full of the Holy Spirit to have our eyes open to see it says in Romans 8 um, verse 14 to 22 for as many as are, the, are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received a spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs to God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Friends, Jesus cannot come back until the sons of God rise up and take their rightful place. He said a time is coming when you will do even greater things than he did. Friends, we're living in deep, deep darkness. There's been a very, very definite ploy to release the deep darkness all over the earth. But it is this time that the arising of the sun's will be made manifest and Jesus says I will make anyone a son I'm not a respecter of person who hungers after more of me more of my spirit more of my word who hungers for more of the supernatural lifestyle to see the power of God being released for sons who hunger to be in his presence who hunger to look into his face who hunger to fix their eyes on Jesus the author and the finisher of their faith, for sons who are not intimidated by the intimidator, for sons that will separate themselves to be able to shine like great glory and to be a light that will not be contaminated by darkness, and for sons that will pour the love of the Father onto the earth today because the greatest church is still lost, friends. The greatest church is still lost, and God is looking for sons, and He's only ever looked for a remnant. And please do not be deceived. The greatest weapon that the enemy is using against the church at this time is deception. It's deception to say that I'm okay if I'm living in compromise. You're not okay. It's deception to follow the teachings of demons that are leading us away from God. And remember the onslaught is against the church. It's not against the world. And it's a deception to believe that we have to come into agreement with the ways of this world, the God of this world, the wisdom of this world. And we've got to follow like puppets on a string. And we've got to do everything we're told without questioning. Friends, Open your eyes to see. God is looking for a people that can see. Buy, solve to see. Do not get caught in the devil's deception. Do not get caught in the deception of the pharmacaeus or the farm that is being poured out in this time that's going to keep people out of the kingdom of heaven. Do not deceive by the mark of the beast. These are things that we will be confronted with and we will have to face. This is the time that we're living in, friends. But you've been anointed for a time such as this. Great and dreadful day for those who don't know him. Great and glorious day for those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. 
God bless you abundantly. I love you deeply and I pray for a revelation of the more that heaven has for you. Goodbye.